right, well, I just wanna welcome you to Mother's Day weekend here at Milestone Church, and I wanna welcome all of those that are watching from our McKinney campus, our Haslett campus, those of you that are watching from maybe a video venue at the Keller campus, and those that are watching online and maybe are watching at a later date. Could y'all put your hands together with me to welcome all of those that are watching online? Now, as I've been thinking about this moment on Mother's Day and about you guys for, like Jeff said, weeks now, um, this scripture just kept coming to mind and it was Romans 15, 13. And it said, I pray that God, our source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace as you trust in him. And then you will overflow, and I want you to key in on that word overflow, with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. My goal is that when we leave today that you are overflowing with joy and peace. And so I'm excited for our time together today. But I do love Mother's Day. Now, one of the reasons I love it, obviously your kids are extra sweet to you on Mother's Day and serve you and all of those things, which are really nice. But I actually had my son on Mother's Day 21 years ago. And so I just have a special place in my heart. Now, when I was going into labor with him, now let me set the tone, I had had my daughter 13 months before that. So now I was about to have him, y'all can do the math on that. And, and it was a little different. I was having a lot more Braxton Hicks contractions and uh, it just was a little more intense. And so the week before Mother's Day, it had just really kind of ramped up to the point that I'd even gone to the hospital because I was having so many contractions. And they said, you know, you just need to go home and rest. It's, you're only 36 weeks. You really need to make it to 37, so just go home, don't do much. So that weekend was Mother's Day weekend. Jeff was pastoring in Abilene, Texas at the time, and both sets of parents came in to visit for Mother's Day. And so they all got ready and went to church. Jeff had to preach, and I didn't think it would be smart for me to go to church because it might be a little distracting if I went into labor, you know, during the service. So I stayed home and got ready. You know, I, felt, I was feeling good that morning and I got up, got ready, put my makeup on. Everybody came home and we were just visiting and everybody was about to get ready to go. And all of a sudden I just had this pain. It was like, oh my goodness, like, did he just kick wrong? And about four minutes later, I had a pain again like that, that doubled me over and I was like, oh, this is weird. And then three minutes later, I had it again. And so you get the picture. So I think Jeff had gone to like run an errand or something and he had just come back and I was like, sweetie, like we have to go to the hospital right now. And he said this and I don't recommend it. <laughs> he said, now is this the real thing or are you just faking it? <laughs> really? You just said that. And in his defense, I think what he meant was, is this the real thing or is this false labor? But needless to say, it didn't go over very well. So I jumped up in his pickup truck. We rode all the bumpy roads to the hospital, jumped out of his pickup truck. My water broke in the parking lot. And then Caleb came shortly, very shortly thereafter. And so, I don't know, I just, I love to think back on the memories and the whole story and um, just, you know, it's really hard to top a Mother's Day gift like having your son for Mother's Day. So that's, that one's been a hard one to top over the years, but I do, I love Mother's Day. And I, we have so many of our young staff wives that are pregnant right now and have been having babies. It's like we're having a little baby explosion here at Milestone Church with our younger women. And I tell you, I have never heard so much about birth plans in my whole life. 
I mean, I love every one of them and they all have a different birth plan and they know exactly how it's gonna go. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it never goes exactly like you think it's gonna go. Another spoiler alert, having this kid is not the hardest thing you will ever do as a mom. It is raising these people for 18 years. Can I get a, yes. I mean, junior high, like we should get like a medal for completing junior high. I don't know, yes, parents of junior high kids. I mean, being a mom is not easy and we're always pouring out our love and our affection and our encouragement and our advice and you know, just all the tears with them and celebrating. And a lot of times when we're doing that, we have our own like insecurities and fears and things that we're dealing with at the same time. I know when I was 19 years old, Jeff and I had just started dating and I started getting arthritis in my thumb. And it was kind of weird. I was like, gosh, my thumb is swelling and all of that. We get married, we have kids and it got progressively worse over the years. For 11 years, I had just, I had this terrible arthritis. It got to where I had a hard time opening up my hands and it was hard to walk. My feet just hurt and I had three small children at the time. I was trying to walk them to school. It was only like two and a half blocks away. You kind of feel guilty for driving when it's like two and a half blocks down the street, but it just hurt to walk them to school. And at the same time, he was busy getting his master's degree and um, we were planting the church and we were struggling financially just trying to get this thing, you know, off the ground. And there were days that I just, I just felt empty. I just felt discouraged, like I had nothing else to give. Maybe some of you feel that way right now. Maybe you've felt that way in the past. Do you know that God is not surprised that we feel that way? He knows where we're at. He knows that we give out a lot and that sometimes we feel you know, empty. But here's the thing, he doesn't want us to stay that way. He wants to fill us up. And so I want you to turn with me to Psalms 23. Now, a lot of you think, oh, I know Psalms 23. I mean, I memorized Psalms 23 in vacation Bible school, and I'm gonna have to read it today because I memorized it in the King James. Um, and it's a familiar passage, and sometimes we just think it's something we quote at different things, but really there's a lot here that's for you and for me, that if we'll just take it in and receive from God, it's really powerful. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I like nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside still waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me and your rod and staff, are, they comfort me. And then I want you to hone in on this part. It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It says here that God prepares a table for us, that he anoints our heads with oil, the oil of the Holy Spirit, the oil of gladness and the oil of joy. But when I hear that God prepares a table for me, I think about all the intentionality that goes into preparing a table. Because I'm like in the business of preparing tables. And you say, Brandy, what do you do? I'm just, a, I'm a wife and a mom, but I love to prepare tables. It's the way that I show love to people. So at any given day, if I think anybody's coming over or even just in general, I like to keep my table set. Like this right here, makes me so happy. Like, it just brings me joy. Like, this has made my whole day just having this table right here. I love floral arrangements and candles, all the things that you see and that you smell and that when you walk in, you feel welcome and invited and like there's been a, a place made for you. 
And so I try to create those environments in my own house when people come over. I even read once that it was Southern hospitality to keep your table actually just set with the plates and everything all the time so that you were ready for guests at any time. So I just would keep my plates set all the time. And so you could come over and you could feel welcome. I might not have any food for you. But, but we could, I would make you a cup of coffee and we could have coffee together at the table that I would want you to know that you're invited. And I know that I learned this from my mom. When I was young, my mom had a ministry to widows at our church and she would have them over to our house and she would want them to feel special. And we didn't have a lot of resources, but she would go to the antique store and get different beautiful plates and make beautiful place settings and cook all the little tea foods and you know the croissants and all the things. And, and she would pray that each woman would sit at the place setting that made them feel the most special. And so I just, I remember just seeing the table as a way to love people. And I remember all the intentionality, what I put into it, what my mom put into it. As a matter of fact, I love even passing this on. And as when we planted the church, I had Hannah and Caleb were two and a half and one and a half. And then I was pregnant with Lauren, my third child. And so our kids kind of grew up with, as the church grew, they grew up with all the kids and the youth group. And so I always had kids at my house and you know, just it's just like, come on over, I'll order pizza if I don't have anything and we'll just have you over. But as the kids have gotten a little bit older, I'm realizing we have a lot of our young staff families that I don't know their kids as well. And I just, I want them to see me as somebody that loves them and pours into them and cares about them. So I had a bunch of the little girls on staff from about 18 months old to five years old for a tea party at my house. Because I wanted them to grow up knowing Miss Brandy. So I created this table, this beautiful setting. I put, I mean, we had boas and, um, and heart-shaped glasses. And um, we had, I made peanut butter and jelly sandwiches that looked like stained glass. And, all, you know, little pink punch and all the things. But the interesting thing is about this whole tea party is that the moms would text me afterwards and tell me the most like memorable thing and that the thing that they loved the most about the tea party was the place setting that I made for each one of them, which was just a little like bud vase with a flower and it had a name card with their name written fancy on it. And so they would took that home with them and a lot of them just would put it in their bedroom beside their bed so that they could look at it and remember that they were invited to Miss Brandy's tea party. And I love that. And we say, oh, and that's great, but you know what? God prepared a table for us and it's like there's a place card with our name on it. He's invited us to his table. We are guests, he welcomes us in. He wants us to come and get to know him better. He wants us to come and feast at his table and be anointed with his Holy Spirit and filled up to overflowing. Like we are an invited guest at his table. So when I read this, it's a picture of love. It's a picture of love, how much he loves us and how much he cares for us and how much he wants us to keep coming to him and getting filled up. So how do we practically do this? How do we have this overflow life that I'm talking about, the peace and the joy that overflow out of our life. We have to understand our source. We have to know our source. You know, the feelings and the lies of the enemy are gonna come against us. 
They're gonna come. The insecurity, the feeling like, do I even have what it takes? You know, is, even, is what I'm doing even noticed? All of those things start coming against you. And we're pouring out all the time. I know that at any given day, I have schedules, I have meetings, I have emails that need answered, I have calls, I have things that I'm doing. And so I'm always pouring out. I'm making decisions that I need to make for that day and I'm trying to get things prepared for the kids to go to school and then they'll get to school and one of the kids will call me and tell me they forgot their lunch and I'll say, I told you it was on the counter before you left for school, but you don't want your kids to starve or be seen like the bad mom, so you take your, you know, the lunch up there, but then something unexpected happens. Maybe you get a diagnosis or maybe you get a divorce that you didn't really want or you weren't expecting. Maybe there's a death in the family, and that's, that's a big pour. That's a big pour. And then you have a friend that calls and needs to talk for an hour, and you're just, you're just giving out, and then maybe your husband calls, and then you realize that you volunteered for that end of the year party way back in August when you had a lot of capacity. And you still need to cook dinner, but you haven't even gone grocery shopping yet, and you gotta mail the bills. And you realize, I just, I don't have it. I, I'm empty, I don't have anything left to give. I'm just, I'm empty. So you're pouring out, and at the end of it, you just, well, let's say it this way, what do you do? Because you're empty, so what do you do? The Bible says this is what you do, and always remember this. You guard your heart with all diligence because it determines the course of your life. So when I think about I have nothing else to give, somebody comes and they want one more thing from me and I'm like, I don't have it, I don't have it and then I start getting mad. Do y'all not know everything that I do? Do y'all not know what I pour out all the time? Do you not know that I get empty? I have to guard my heart because it will determine the course of my life. That's a big statement that God makes right there. So how do you do that practically? Well, sometimes, I don't know about you, but there's different phases of my kid's life where I just feel like unqualified. I'm like, do I even know what to do? I mean, sometimes you bring a baby home and you're like, they trusted me to bring this baby home? What am I supposed to do with this baby? But it's amazing that God gives us the, the knowledge of what to do. But when I feel unqualified, I know that God has given me by his divine power everything I need to live a godly life. It says he gives me everything pertaining to life and godliness. And then sometimes I just feel unseen. Again, we have those moments where we feel like, does anybody even see what all I'm doing? Do they even know that the reason they have that lunch to take to school is because I made their lunch last night? Do they even know that, you know, the reason that we're able to have dinners because I went grocery shopping and I shopped and I cooked all this dinner and then we had it and then guess what? Thank you for leaving me all the dirty dishes in the sink. Do they, so you feel unseen. But you know what the Bible says? That God sees everything we do. And he knows. And it says, oh Lord, you have examined my heart. You know everything about me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away from you. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home and you know everything I do. God sees us and he rewards us. He knows. When we feel insignificant, like is what I'm doing even important? The Bible says if we'll just humble ourselves before God, that he will lift us up in honor. So we don't have to worry about, is this a significant life? I just take everything I do and I just place it at the feet of Jesus. I just humble myself before God and he will lift me up in honor. And when I'm anxious, I know a lot of moms, I talk to a lot of moms on a 
fairly consistent basis that just talk about how anxious and worried they are about where their kids are at. And yes, there are things that we have, there's concerns, there's real things out there that make us fearful. But the Bible says that we don't have to live in anxiety and fear, that God's got them. And it says in the Bible, we don't have to worry about anything, but with everything, pray and tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's already done. And then we will experience, listen to this, God's peace. When we give it to God, we can experience his peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. And then it says he, his peace will guard our hearts and our minds in Jesus. So if you wanna get rid of that anxiety today, you have gotta know that God is your source of peace. Lay it at his feet and know that he's got this. He loves your kids actually more than you do, believe it or not. You think nobody can love my kids more. God does and he's got this, so lay it at his feet and he'll give you that peace. How about frustrated? Any moms in here ever get frustrated? No, just me? Okay, well I'll preach to myself. So it says in Galatians, let's not get tired of doing what is good because at the right time we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up, right? No giving up today. So when we're frustrated, we can know that God sees us and he's gonna bless us and overwhelmed. So many times I meet moms that they're just, how are you doing? I'm just overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and give, carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. And then again, sometimes we just feel empty, like I talked about earlier. And that Romans 15, 13 verse, I pray that God, the source of hope, will completely fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him. And that you will overflow with the confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit, okay? So we're gonna keep going to God. You know, we, there's a lot of times I'll just write this down, I'll put it on my mirror because I know that I need to get filled up. I need to remember who my source is. And secondly, we need to remember who we are. I am a daughter of the king and an invited guest at his table. Yes, I am a mom, that is something that I do, but who I am is a daughter of the king that serves as a mom. And if God is my father, he is gonna take care of everything that pertains to me. He's gonna tell me who I am. He's gonna give me my identity, who I am, that I know that I am loved and I am capable and I am his precious daughter that he has entrusted. He has entrusted me with something. He's not gonna entrust me with something to know I can't do it because he's given me everything I need for a godly life. So I'm a daughter of the king. So how do you say, well, I like that, Brittany. How do I know if I'm living as a daughter of the king? Well, if you know who you are in Christ, then you know who you are. Different things don't sway you. So if you're getting on social media today and you start feeling like, uh, how do I measure up with my friends or these people that I see on Instagram or, or social media? And you're trying to measure yourself up, you don't know who you are. Because let's just be honest, everything you see on Instagram is staged. <laughs> Nobody says, I'm gonna take the worst picture of myself possible and my kids when they're throwing a fit and put it on Instagram. Oh, when me and my husband are fussing, let's take a pic real fast and post it on Instagram. Nobody, I'm having a fat day, oh, let's post it on Instagram. <laughs> right? But if we go to Instagram, or we go to Facebook, or we go to any of these social media things, and we start measuring ourselves up, we are not seeing ourselves properly as a daughter of the king. I'll tell you another way we know. 
is if we're struggling because we're affected by the opinions of our children at any given moment. See, sometimes we have to make hard decisions that aren't popular with our kiddos, right? And if we're affected by their opinions of us and it changes how we would relate or make decisions for them, then we're not seeing who our source is. And let me tell you something, our kids are amazing. I love my children with my whole life, but they are not my God. And they're not meant to carry that weight. So don't put that on them. If your husband comes and says something to you and you just take it the wrong way, he really didn't mean anything by it. You know, sometimes they just say stuff and you're like, what? <laughs> but he really didn't mean anything by it, but you get offended and you start taking it as you say I'm this and you say I'm that, then you're not seeing yourself properly. You have to remember who you are. You are a daughter of the king and an invited guest at his table. And then number three, we have to keep coming back to that table that he set for us. It's not a one-time thing. Have any of you in here ever had like an overflow moment with your kids? Like they said, I tried to flush the potty and it wouldn't flush so I just tried one more time. <laughs> I've had many of those moments. I've even had those moments at other people's houses, that's great. <laughs> but a few months ago, I remember having this moment. I was sitting in my home office and I was working and I had dinner on the stove and I kept hearing this sizzling sound. And I was like, what is that sound? And I don't know why I sat there and contemplated it for so long, but I just sat, kept sitting there thinking and finally I was like, I should go check this out. So I go into my kitchen and there's water pouring through my light fixture. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like where's this coming from? And then I remember my youngest daughter's bathroom is right above that and she's taking a bath. And so I don't do anything smart, like put a bowl under it or something like that. I run upstairs like a maniac and I'm like going into her bathroom. She's just playing, oblivious, you know. I said, what are you doing? She's like, nothing, I'm just taking a bath. I said, where do you think this water is going? And she said, on the floor. And I said, oh no, Missy. And you know you're in trouble if you say Missy. Sorry if your name's Missy. I said, this is flooding my kitchen. And then I remembered my kitchen is flooding, so I run back downstairs <laughs> and I have towels and I'm trying to clean it all up. And I mean, it was everywhere. It was on the bathroom floor, it was in the ceiling, it was in that space in between there, who knows what that looks like now. I mean, it was on the island, my floor, it was everywhere. And so I thought I had it all cleaned up and that night I went to get something out of that island and I opened the cabinet and water just gushed out. It was in the bowls, the everything. There was an abundance of overflow. <laughs> Yay. But you know, this is the picture here in the Psalms that even when I'm walking through the darkest valley, even when I'm in the presence of my enemies, those that wish me harm, those who have spoken things over me that were ugly and untrue, even when I am in the darkest place, his love, his grace, his mercy, his joy, his peace, it overflows in abundance in my life. So we have to know how to keep going back to God. You say, you know, there's just people, I just don't know, I feel like maybe there's just people that live happy. They just, they're, they're just a glass half full kind of girl. They just have joy and so I think they just look at life different. I've just always been a glass half empty kind of girl. But you see people that are life-giving and you want that but you think maybe it's just a personality trait. 
I wanna tell you today, when you see somebody that may be even going through different struggles and you just don't understand how they have that joy, it's that they know how to go to God and sit at his table and live in his overflow. It's kinda like this, they go to God, they spend time in his presence, he fills them up, right? He fills their cup and then he just keeps pouring over in their life as they spend time in his presence. And so when they have a need, when they have something that comes, when there's a stressor in their life or one more person needs something, they're actually not pouring out of this cup right here. So their cup never goes empty. They're pouring out of the overflow of their life and what God's doing and time in his presence and being filled up. And that's what we have to do. We have to keep going back to God and getting in his presence. And you say, Brandy, make that practical for me. How do I like, get in God's presence? I don't understand what you're saying. You know what, it's actually very practical. You want it to be this like, spiritual moment, maybe there's a cloud and you know, all this stuff. And it's not that. I schedule the things that are important to me, so I schedule my time with God every day. It's like a non-negotiable. And so I get up every morning and I get in the Word before I turn on the TV, before the bad news has to tell me everything that's going on in the world, before I get on social media and start measuring myself up by everybody else, I get in God's word to see what he says about me, what he says about my situation and what he says about my life. And you say, okay, well, where do I even start? I wouldn't even, the Bible's a big book. Like, do I start, you know, don't start in Leviticus, okay? Just don't start there. <laughs> that's a rough book. I mean, God made it all, we love it, but you know, I just wouldn't start there. You know, my husband always says, if you've never gotten in the Bible before, the book of John in the New Testament, it's a great book to start in. But practically, I like to measure how I'm doing in the Word. So I have an app on my phone, it's called the Yearly App. Last year I used the Yearly App, you read the entire Bible in a year, so every day I have Old Testament and New Testament passages that I'm reading. Um, this year, I'm doing the same thing. I just re-downloaded the app and I started over because I feel like I'm sure I didn't absorb everything that I learned last year. I just wanna keep putting the word of God in my heart and in my mind so that at any moment, I can call it up. When that enemy tries to lie to me, I can say, no, this is who God says I am. He says I'm the head and not the tail. He says that I can overflow with joy even in the midst of trouble. He says that I'm more than a conqueror and I just wanna be able to continue to pull that up. And then I, start, I spend some time in prayer. So then I just spend time praying and I pray that God will take the word that I've just read and really seal it in my heart and my mind. I say, God, help me not to forget, not to get up and forget what I just read, but seal your words and what you're saying about me and to me in my heart and in my mind. And then I spend time in praise. I spend time in praise and you say, well, Brandy, that's kind of weird. What do you do for that? I sing to God. I, I can't sing on key, but I just sing to God. Nobody's watching. God knows, and I remember when I was dealing with arthritis for 11 years, I would just pour out my praise to God. And there was a little song back in the day that said, you are the God that healeth me, you are the God my healer, you sent your word and healed my disease, you are the God my healer, and I would just keep singing that. I would just keep singing it, and I would just say, God, this is who you are. It's not what I see right now, but this is who you are, and I'm just gonna praise you because I know you're good, and I know you're a healer in my life. You can say, Lord, I know you're gonna heal my marriage, God. I may not see it now, but I know that you're working on my behalf, God, that when I come to you, Lord, that my, my prayers do not fall on um, deaf ears, that you hear me and you love me and you're for me, so God, I'm just gonna keep pouring out my praise. I'm gonna keep pouring out my tears, and I'm gonna keep coming to you and getting filled in your presence. And then after you do that, 
a lot of times I'll, I'll read a scripture and I'm like, you know, this was really impactful and I do wanna remember it. And you know, I'm getting to that age where if I wanna remember it, I probably just need to write it down and put it in front of me. You know, when you're a kid, you just absorb so much like a sponge. As an adult, you need a little help. And so I'll just write the scripture down. I'll put it on my mirror. I, you know, I, I'll put it on my, the dash of my car so that I just keep reminding myself of what God says. Because see, it's not enough that my mama taught me how to set a beautiful table. I have to know how to keep coming to the table for myself. And you know, I wish I could tell you that there's some kind of like life hack for this, some kind of shortcut. Because you say, Brandy, that seems time consuming. I don't know if I have time for that. I'd say you don't have time not to do that. But there's no substitute, no substitute for spending time in the presence of God and in his Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, several years ago, I was gonna make mashed potatoes for my kids, but I thought I would substitute cauliflower to see if they noticed. I was gonna make faux potatoes. And so I made faux potatoes. I didn't tell anybody what I had done, and I thought I would just see if they liked it, you know? Every single one of them, what is this? This is not mashed potatoes. I tried to make um, a little chocolate chip cookie pie with garbanzo beans. Nope. I tried to use carob and stevia in the brownies. Big no. But at the end of the day, why don't any of those things work? Because they're no substitute for the real thing. There's no substitute for spending time with God. And you say, well, Brandy, so that all sounds great, but this is practically what I'm walking through right now. You know, I walked through, I walked through arthritis for 11 years. 11 years. But you know, one day I was in a church service, kind of like this, and it just so happened that the pastor at the time, it was like a, a guest thing that we were at, said, you know, somebody here is dealing with arthritis. I just feel it in my spirit today, and I just wanna pray for you. If that's you, just lift your hand. And I think I was the only one happened to be in the whole room that lifted my hand. And he prayed for me, and that day I was healed from arthritis. I never had another symptom. But that doesn't mean I didn't have to go through hard things. But at the end of the day, I knew that God was my healer and God does what he says he'll do. He comes and meets us right where we're at. And you know what? Sometimes walking through a few things helps you to have compassion for other people that are going through things so that you can encourage them in their time of need, right? As we were building the church and my kids were little, they have grown up and God built this church and God works it out. Let me just tell you, in the, in the end, God wins, God will have his way in his work. And I say, God, help me in the process to trust you and overflow with your joy and your peace and your confidence that I know that you will meet me right where I'm at. So we just keep returning to the table, not just once, but over and over again and get filled up. But today I wanna pray for you. If you say, Brandy, that's just, I am, I've been living on empty, actually I'm kind of I'm like on the side of the road, you know, and there's no gas station in sight. <laughs> I just wanna pray for you. And so if you'll just bow your heads with me, I just wanna pray over you that God would just come in and overflow his love and his peace in your life. Lord, I thank you for all of those that are here. God, this really applies to moms, but not just moms, everyone. And Lord, I pray that those of you that are just feeling empty today, God, that you would just come in and fill them up as only you can with your Holy Spirit, the oil of gladness and joy, Lord, I pray that they would walk out of here full of faith, believing in your word and your promises, God, and that you are who you say you are and that you will accomplish what you say you'll accomplish and that they can walk out of here knowing that you are with them and for them and that they have what it takes through you to do everything they need to do and to live an overflowing and abundant life. In Jesus' name, amen.